You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, this is Tanya Pinkins and you're listening to my podcast, You Can't Say That. The podcast where you can on the Broadway Podcast Network. My guest today, I met her because I was shadowing her as a director on an episode of Madam Secretary. She has done a phenomenal thing to me, and I want to ask her about it, in that she is a successful female director, television, film, across the world, and pretty any any country there is. Um, uh, and uh, she's d- directed like 30 films. She's a writer. She's a producer. Uh, most recently, she's represented with The Witcher and the new series. So let's welcome Charlotte Brandstrom. Hi, Tonya. <laughs> it's great to see you. <laughs> so what are you doing now? I looked online, but I saw that you're in New York shooting something. What? Yeah, I'm in New York shooting a series for Apple uh, called Ray James or, oh. or Invasion. And it's about, um, I mean, I'm not even... What are you allowed to say that you can't Probably say? Probably nothing. Okay, can't, Probably nothing. nothing. NDAs, you can't tell yeah. us anything. By yeah, the time NDAs. this comes out, it'll be on the air. Exactly. But it's it's about the, uh, like a, an invasion, panic. I mean, sort of reminiscent of what's happening today. Right, like what's happening right now. Yeah, yeah, what's happening right now, and uh, people's reaction when they they're under invasion and uh, relationships and how they f- unfold and how they change and how they evolve when you're in danger. When you're in war, when you're in different situations. That's interesting. I'm just, I'm reading a book right now called Bluebirds, which is by a, a Serbian woman um, talking about, you know, her years of traveling from country to country as a, quote, refugee and the way people thought of her. Like when she got to her place in Britain, you know, they were like thinking they were giving her a good life and she had was coming from a very middle-class life and this was like a shock to her to be living like a refugee yeah. because that was so different from the way she came. But, you know, people thought they were giving her a better life suddenly. Um, so yeah. it's a weird thing what people Yeah, and actually assume. we we are shooting, I can say it now, it's not going to be on the air for a while. So. Yeah, this is not going to come on the air for about four months. Okay, so we're actually shooting uh, by in big department stores uh, oh. next week. And we had transformed those department stores, I won't say which ones yet, but to, into uh, refugee camps. Oh, wow. So uh, so actually it is about America, whole, all of America becoming refugees. Woo! So. Okay. Okay, I kind of can feel that. All right, now I know you're a mom. 
How have you been a director and a mom? Well, he was, <laughs> <laughs> you have to cope with being guilty or feeling guilty all the time. And, uh, but otherwise, uh, I think that it was much harder when my son was younger. Now he's 25 and now he's really proud of what everything I've done. So it was worth it. But uh, it was very tough up to the moment when I, I found the perfect thing to do with him is that when I came home after shooting, I, we had Skype or FaceTime. I would turn that on and leave it on all evening. Oh. So he f- he could go. He was at home. I was in my hotel room, but we were on all the time. So okay. he didn't have you know kids don't like to be have to be on the phone all the time. Right. So he knew I was there. If he had a question about time, about the bash, about anything, so we were still connecting. Okay. That way. Wow, I love that idea. And that was actually very helpful. And did you have a partner? In this relationship, like was was back he, then, the yeah, I was with his father, but we were all different, living in different. I mean, I was obviously shooting all over the world. My son was in Paris because he was staying in Paris then, and my and my ex husband was in uh, LA, so we would be traveling back and forth between each other. I was working more in Paris. Obviously, I lived still lived in LA, but most of my work was in Paris back then. Wow. So uh, and my son was like f- f- coming to visit, and he and his. Father would come home if I was gone for a really long time. He actually took care of him. Now, did you do AFI before you had your child or after? I did AFI long before. Long before. So yeah. you, you, did you come out of AFI and get into directing because I was like looking I at I sort of stats. didn't come out of AFI coming into directing. You were told that you're like a chosen one when you come out of AFI. My first job after AFI was actually cleaning motorhomes for the actors. And and uh, learned I knew everything about the motorhomes <laughs> oh and trailers. God. So my first job was dumping the toilets and learning. I was in Death Valley sharing a hotel room with another PA, and we were PAs. And I was uh, holding up traffic in the desert and taking care of cleaning up motorhomes and making sure the dogs had air conditioning when they were inside. The okay. director's dog. Very glamorous. So that was very glamorous. And, uh, and I really worked myself up from there. I started off like that. That led to an apprentice editing job. And then I became an assistant editor and editor. I worked in editing for several years. And okay. that was amazing, actually. I think yeah. I learned the most about directing in the cutting room, probably. I, I mean, I had a, it was interesting to go to A5. You learn about, you, it's a re, it was a really good school. And after that, uh, it was really learning as you work, right? So what did you learn in the edit room about directing Editing, that changed your directing? You learn first how to shoot economically. So you, you know which shots you need and which shots you don't need, which mm. can help when you have a time pressure. Mm-hmm. And then it's actually the last rewrite of the, of the film. You really see what works dramatically or not. So uh, it's so interesting. You take a scene away and then you change, or you change the order of shots. You find the right rhythm in comedy, and it becomes funny. While if the rhythm is off, you lose all the the comic mm. comic relief. And it's it's really. I mean, uh, to me, I can't advise more for any director to be come from editing. Now, you know, the people who are listening cannot see you, but you're a really beautiful woman. Blonde, blue-eyed, she's very fit. So, you know, we're in the Me Too generation. You must have some stories coming up. I'm sure you were offered many things for being a beautiful woman. Yes, my first, but my worst job. Yeah. No, but what I was offered, I, I mean, you know, back then you would send a run resume. So you obviously didn't get a job because I look at you. Right. And I never but really. But then they saw you and they and were then, like, and, oh. I never really considered myself that beautiful anyway. But, 
but I, I have some horrible. I have some. I mean, I had my first story when I uh, one of my first job was actually uh, a job for a network, and uh, I actually I, I even if I try to remember, I have forgotten the the producer's name, but he would have me come. In, I was obviously answering phones and taking care of his mail, and he would come have me constantly come into his office to clean up like stuff on his desk mm. and try to bend look at over you, and bend over and everything, and he would like spill coffee on his desk and showing it in front instead of obviously wiping it up himself right he he was showing he he was pointing and saying can you please there's a drop of coffee there Mm. can you please clean up I Mm. didn't last very long I left actually (laughs) back then I was anyway I first of all I was married Uh but that's nothing to do with it but yeah you're uh, feisty but I said like this is like just total bullshit (laughs) so I actually I mean I never really felt pressured in anything but I never gave in on anything either yeah, I don't think you don't f- strike me as a mark. You hold your own in the men's club on the set. Of, you know, you you seem yeah. like you hold your own. What I always tried, because obviously I started off at a time when it wasn't so easy for women. Why now is actually as a female director, it's easier to get a job. You think? It's a little bit easier, I think, because some people want to hire women. I mean, when they do, like I know, for instance, for Amazon, they they say they're trying this. They say they're trying. Yeah, they say they're trying to have 50% of women and 50 men. They're trying. I mean, and I think it's getting a little bit easier. Also, I have much more experience today. So so that's obviously also helpful. I'm not starting off today. But back then, as a woman, it, it wasn't simple. I actually, that's also why I went back to France to start directing. I felt it was easier to get going there after AFI and after I had worked in the States. So, uh, so uh, what were we saying? As, but as as a woman, um, you always feel as a woman that you need to pay your dues more than a man. Mm. I always feel like um, I always, in order to feel confident in what I'm doing, I probably have about three times more film than any man that gets hired for the same position. Like. Yeah, and but it, it, I guess all this experience has helped. So I'm working a lot right now. Right. And I'm working on big shows, but uh, and I know a lot, and I find it easier, much easier now. But uh, when I started off, if, what I try to do is not to think about the fact that they were hiring me because I, because I was a woman or th- that I had a hard time getting that job because I was a woman. Got it. I just tried to just move forward. And wanted to be considered as a director. Now, aesthetically, you have uh, you've been in lots of countries shooting. Is there a different aesthetic when you're shooting an American story versus you're shooting a story that's a European story? No, I think the script drives everything. Really? Obviously, yeah, I really think so. I think that maybe you know Swedish scripts are very character driven. They're very dark. They sh- shot mostly in cold climates. And you have very little money. So you obviously have to shoot in a smart way. You can't do many takes. You can't do all the coverage you want. So there, there I mean, uh, my, my editing experience, it becomes very helpful there. Okay. When you're shooting a, a film in France, you have more of a crew, a bigger crew. Uh, you have actors that are, uh, I mean, sometimes uh, feel that they don't prepare as, they actually don't prepare as much as 
this as the, uh, if I may say, as the uh, Swedish actor or as the American actors. I feel like here they come very well prepared. Mm. And they feel like should, they need to be more spontaneous. Doesn't mean that they're not good, but mm-hmm. it's just a different way of shooting. Mm-hmm. That's their style. Like. Yeah, yeah, it's a style. It's yeah. more it's supposed to be more creative style. Uh-huh. But it's all different. You just have to come in as a director to, you have to adapt to whatever's happening around you. But I feel that my style, whether I'm shooting in France or in Sweden or in America, it remains very much the same. And I what mean, is your style? Uh, my style, first of all, I read the script. I feel I'm, feel that the performance is very important. I try always to pay attention to details, to the small story and the big story. I find what the most important for me to film when I'm directing a movie is actually the actor's moment of decision mm. more than the action. Mm. What is happening before he's knocking at the door? What is happening before somebody comes in? And I think that that gives life and uh, adds something to everything you do. Mm. And you can help anybody's performance that way also, I think. How? But by by finding by helping them to feel real in a situation. If I'm filming you, Tonya, opening the door, I would say, why don't you just come out of the shower with a towel in your hand and you're actually drying your hair as you're opening the door? That way, I feel like you, there's a life. Mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. If you're just opening the door in the normal, in the normal, you're just opening a door, right? Right. But it's... you can make more out of it. Right. And okay. that's something I believe in very much. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply now, when I last saw you, we were in Budapest eating some delicious Italian yes. food. Well, I, I was ate doing there The Witcher every night. I think after Italian that, <laughs> I went back to that restaurant every night. Yeah. You were shooting The Witcher. Yeah, you were coming in when they had just changed the style. So, h- how do you come into a new show that changes the style and make a find a style? Uh, well, I had a wonderful crew, a wonderful DP that I work with, uh, Gavin Struthers, a British DP, what actually, and we try to tell the story. I mean, it's it's very hard. You, I work very much with instinct, and what I feel in my stomach and with emotion. When I watch the monitor, I know if a scene is working or not. Mm. And most of import, most of all, I, I concentrate on the characters. And then with the help of the DP, we tried obviously to make it also as visually uh, magical and spectacular as possible. What what can you do to make something visually magical and spectacular? Choose, try to fight to shoot the scenes in backlit, so at the right time of the day, first mm. of all. And then pay a lot of attention to uh, location scouting. 
to find the right locations and fight for those. So you you find something that is visually interesting. Mm-hmm. And what's wonderful in The Witcher is that you don't need to stick to reality. You can actually, it's it's magic, it's fantasy. So you can actually choose, choose uh, I mean, you can create your own world. And it, it was wonderful to work on that series because every episode was sort of independent. They were all based on a short story. So you, you obviously, there was a red, I mean, you have to, there was a continuity with the characters, but each story was independent. Mm. They had their own location, they had their own style, they had their own visual style. So um, I hope I'm not talking too fast. Do you understand? I I understand you. You understand me? Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) But just to say a parenthesis, once I did an interview for Entertainment Tonight when I was at AFI, and I listened to that interview in the evening on TV, and I could not understand a word I said. <laughs> so I'm just being. <laughs> no, I understand you. I love The Outsider. I just finished it, and I was looking, and I saw that you directed an episode of The Outsider. Yeah, that was very interesting. I learned so much on that show. Was that, when I saw you, you had just met with Justin Bateman. Was that what the project you were thinking about with him? No, I'm. I we had a Skype interview for actually Ozark. Oh, got it. And I didn't get Ozark, but I got The Outsider instead. Mm-hmm. I like that show. And I like, The, the Outsider? Was, yeah, I like I like both, actually. Yeah, I, I like them both, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're very good shows. He's very good. Uh, that was amazing to work for uh, on because Justin just says, just do your directing work. Don't bother about doing too much coverage. We like no coverage or as little as coverage as possible. Just do it where he feels important to you. And and he gives you a lot of freedom. And then he, uh, the and I worked with a very interesting camera operator who, ha- who was very inventive at all. I mean, he he was i mean he they had obviously developed a certain style before i arrived we were shooting they were shooting some scenes at 32 frames per second to add more tension to the scenes mm. they were using a diopter so there was a very shallow depth of field they had people walking in and out of focus mm-hmm. so that was something they liked and within that those parameters, I tried obviously to create my own style and do my own episode. But it was a very interesting collaboration with the camera operator because um, whenever I wanted to do something, he pushed whatever I wanted to do even further. Mm. And uh, I got a lot of mileage out of that show because it, for me, uh, I, it developed. I mean, it, it, I, you, con- you feel like you continue learning constantly, even if you, I've actually, we were saying 30, I've actually shot almost 50 TV movies by now. Wow. I'm up to over 50, I think. Okay. And you continue learning constantly when you work with intelligent men and smart people. Mm-hmm. And who also know something about filmmaking, obviously. Tell people what coverage is because, yeah. Coverage is, I mean, obviously we shoot a scene. It's coverage is uh, you, you, you have a scene and it's the, um, the close-ups you need. Mm-hmm. It's a diff- the different angles you need in order to tell the scene. Now, you were saying you like decisions. If they're not doing coverage, how are you seeing the decision if you're not doing a lot of coverage? Yeah, I have to have coverage. I mean, you have to have coverage for a certain important moment, but you can also decide where you don't need it. Okay. Look at the film like uh, Sam Mendes, 1917. Mm-hmm. He has very little coverage in that film. He has mm-hmm. no coverage. And mm-hmm. he still is very strong dramatically mm-hmm. because he rehearsed it, obviously, like uh, like theater. 
Mm-hmm. And you and I have seen some of his yeah. plays, even together, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. But but um, I think it's amazing. And there he did the coverage with the camera. Mm. So, people, so like uh, like Kurosawa, where people are moving into camera, they're moving in the camera's moving, and they're moving into mediums and closes and out and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Like uh, somebody else who did that very well was Bergman mm-hmm. when he did the uh, the silence, for instance. There is a story of a little boy in the train. He he moves in and out of frame, and he moves closer to camera when he's supposed to be tighter when it's mm-hmm. supposed to be dramatically intense because obviously you always say and it's there's a truth to that that you tighter a shot the the more a close up the 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 stronger the intent the stronger the dramatic um i mean the the, the stronger it is dramatically right right well you know after my 3 years of shadowing you're maybe let me see in my shadowing I don't know. You weren't my the last person I shadowed. You were the next to the last person oh, really? I shadowed. In Who my did you shadow threes. after me? Uh, Michael Satrazimus, who's the producing director of, he came from Walking Dead, and he's the producing director on Fear of the Walking Dead. And at the end of those three years, I was like, ah, oh, it doesn't seem like I'm going to get hired. So I, I hired myself and directed my first feature film, which is was kind of fantastic. <laughs> I kind of loved it. I was like, okay, yeah, I could do this TV thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course you can. Yeah, yeah. I was, know you can. Yeah, I, I felt great about it. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to have to keep giving myself these jobs because the stats on women are just not very good. They're getting better, though. I mean, they're they are getting, getting better, better. But they were so bad. They were so, it's true. <laughs> they were so bad because when you consider the amount of women you see in film school, you sort of wonder what happened to them afterwards. Right. Obviously, having kids, that's, it's not easy. So you have to deal with that. But that's not the only reason. Right. That's not the only reason. And also, uh, you know, in the... In the in the silence, there were a lot of women in film. Yeah, in yeah. the silence, they were yeah. writers, they were directors, they were doing yeah. everything, and yeah. then suddenly these and what like, happened? The paychecks got really good, and they were like, "These paychecks should go to men." <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's true, <laughs> right? And it's really, I mean, and I think women, it's so important today that women are supportive of each other mm-hmm. and help each other because there is still a lot of way. To, I mean, long way to go. I think. Yeah, but I feel that. People are wanting to be a higher. I mean, it's rare that shows only have men. Right. But there are always more men than women, true. Right. But uh, there are a few shows still that have uh, that yeah, only male directors. I was oh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you get to watch any shows so that you know, oh, that's a show I want to work for and you can tell your representatives or are you just so busy that it's like someone has to call you and say, this is what we want you for. And then you got to catch up on that to know the style of the show. No, I, I mean, I used to just take what was coming at some point. Now I watch shows, but also it's hard to watch shows and say, that's what I want to do because I'm trying to do a lot of first seasons and new shows now. Mm. So it is to look out for what's going to happen, to know what's going to happen. Well, how so do like you do the, that? Well, you, by reading, by, okay. by speaking to representatives by you see in the in the press by by you know what's in development so you want to be in first season it's very interesting to be in first season because that's when you set the style even if you don't get to do the uh, if you don't do the pilot necessarily if you do a few episodes if you're in the first season everybody's still searching of about searching what the show is supposed to look like so there is a lot of room still to be creative have you done a pilot? No, I was, I was just going to get to that. Okay. At this point, I feel like, uh, I mean, I'm I'm doing this show. After that, I'm uh, I'm doing another one for which I really signed an NDA that I can't talk about. Got it. But you're going to, you get to set the style. You're going to get to do the pilot of that. No, I'm not going to do the pilot of that. But after that, I, I really want to get into pilots. There's absolutely no reason because a lot of people with much 
a lot of men actually, with much less experience than me are doing a lot of pilots. And I think I'm more than ready to do more pilots okay. in the States. I've done a lot of pilots in Europe. Okay, but I've so done what's pilots the in France. I mean, isn't that the same job? It's the same job. You just need to to get it here because here the budgets are bigger. It's, it's always the same thing. They, but now I think there are women uh, who are getting into big budget features, big budget TV, limited, great limited series. My, my, my goal is to get onto a limited series when I do every episode. Or, oh, you want to do everything. Yeah, Got I've it. done it twice in Europe. Okay. I've done eight episodes twice. On, on the first season. So, but you just said there's no difference, but here we already got a difference. In Europe, they give you the whole series. Yeah. Here, that's not happening. That's it a big difference. It happens a bit, I think, to some people. But, uh, I mean, it happened to Steven Soderbergh when he did The Nick. It's, it's happened to David Fincher. It's happened to a few Guys. big... Guys. few big... <laughs> Guys. Fe- <laughs> male feature directors. And ha- hasn't it happened to some women also, I think, so... Um, I can't think of a, uh, a, no, Reed Moreno didn't even direct all of the uh, Handmaid's Tale. No, I don't think She there's... did do the pilot, though. She didn't do the pilot? She didn't do the pilot. I think she did the pilot. She, I think yeah. she did she the pilot, it, but yes. she created it, but yeah. she didn't direct yeah. the yeah. whole season, the whole first season. But I still feel like more and more women are creating pilots, are creating series, and it's happening. Right now, I couldn't even get take a pilot because I don't have time. I, I have committed myself. Through the whole year? Through the whole year, yes. Up to Christmas. And how many weeks do you have? This is on the series you're here in New York with. New York can be, I was supposed to, fit, I mean, it, it, it's shooting a bit longer because we have the problem. Also, a lot of schedule changes because of the virus. Right. So we were supposed to shoot in Japan and can't go there. Oh. No. So we, we they, uh, I mean, I think we could go there, but I mean. Are you worried about the virus? I'm not really worried about it. Because? Because I feel I'm lucky enough to be in a good health, and if I got it, it would be like I would have the flu. And you would recover? I would recover. I think that in France, 98% of the people who had it have recovered. That's the stats on recovery have it been quite It is like fantastic. influenza, yeah. yeah. And, but it is very dangerous for people in their 80s. So I think, it, to me, the most important today would be to really find, I mean, protect the old people. And but there's a lot of old white guys on film sets. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't, you can't like... <laughs> <laughs> well, less, we less, could wipe out a whole lesser. generation and make room for a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> we could. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I said it. I did say that. <laughs> okay, so you can't go to Japan. Um, so, so England has replaced Japan right now. <laughs> You're going to turn England into Japan? No, um, yeah, we are, no, we're not turning into Japan, but we are finding sets. Uh, we have to shoot. They have, we have to get some establishings from Japan. We have to shoot our scenes somewhere else. So tell me this difference for you as an artist between, you know, you're shooting your European low budget and you got your American high budget. Give me an example of what's going to make the difference. I mean, I think sometimes when you don't have a budget, you got to be really creative about it. Yes. That was part one of my conversation with writer, producer, director, Charlotte Brandstrom. Will will 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.